everyone, and welcome to From Tip to Tail, a podcast dedicated to animal welfare. This podcast is sponsored by Cuddly. Cuddly is the only crowdfunding platform built specifically for animal welfare organizations worldwide. I'm Bridget. And I'm Sydney. We've spent years working with animal rescues and have seen such amazing innovation, strength, and heart. Having this personal connection with rescuers has made us more informed, grateful, and inspired. We hope by giving you an inside look, you will be too. Today, we're going to be talking to Elaine of the At Chew Foundation, which is an organization that focuses in Tijuana. They are nutty passionate about helping homeless dogs in urgent need of medical help. So let's get started. Hi, Elaine. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm so excited for this. Oh, us too. Us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it. I'm surprised we haven't done this earlier. I feel I like was a just going to say that. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. I'm glad for it now. So that's what matters. Absolutely. Squeezing you in right before the new year, just in time for us all to make a bunch of resolutions that we may or may not <laughs> keep. <laughs> right. So we always like to start at the beginning. So rolling back the clock, when did you first get involved in animal welfare? Oh my gosh. That was, it was over 20 years ago, actually, when I had my first dog and I really didn't know about, you know, the whole rescue stuff, but I had gotten her from a situation where they couldn't keep her. And then when she passed, I wanted to pass on my love for her and my passion. So I got involved in rescue and one thing sort of led to another and I found that that really was totally my passion. I always wanted to be a vet, but I'm terrible in math and science. And so I'm a designer. So I started to put my passion for my dog into my creative work and that took off. So I started out with a rescue locally in Los Angeles. And then I ended up leaving that and being hands on the ground and going into the county shelter and seeing firsthand what was going on. And I saw that, you know, the the ones, the puppies, the cute ones, the friendly ones, they didn't need help. And so I was navigating towards the ones who were scared, who were traumatized, who had no chance. And so I would pick one at a time and network them. So I was blue in the face and I had 100% success. And I saw how kind people were and how people would send money. I remember one time, got a donation for a thousand dollars. And I wrote the person, I said, I think there was a mistake. There's like, it says a thousand dollars. Didn't you mean like 10 or a hundred? And he said, no, a thousand. So time was going on and I had a decade birthday and I thought, okay, now I really want to do something. And I felt like there are enough rescues in this world. What I wanted to do was to help rescues because I saw the financial burden they were having. And I saw how many kind people were out there. So I started the Atchu Foundation actually five years ago now. And it's just mainly to help with medical costs. I mean, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then, so we transitioned going, I was helping mainly at the shelter, then transitioned going into Mexico because I started seeing what was going on there. And it was much worse than here for many reasons, having to do with, the laws, authorities, here we have shelters, here we have police that will go and arrest somebody for animal abuse. That doesn't really happen there. And there's also extreme poverty 
um, their shelter systems are not like here. So I started going there and it just, we've been doing that for two years now and it's just gotten better and better and we've helped so many and I should probably stop a second for you guys. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, that's great. I am wondering, I've always wondered this, what does at shoe stand for? Or like, what is like the meaning behind that name? Uh-huh. It was the name of my business, at shoe. And at the time I was doing fun clothing that I just wanted people to say the name without realizing it. So mm-hmm. you sneeze, right? And then when I wanted to do the foundation, I thought, I'm going to keep the name because when you sneeze, polite people say, bless you. So the dogs are blessed. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so clever. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a little bit behind the scenes. And then we call all the dogs professors of love because that's what they are. I mean, any of us who've had our lives changed by an animal know that they teach the best life lessons. They love us no matter what. They forgive us no matter what. For me, they've taught me about fate and about to go with my instinct. And what I feel is what generally ends up being true and just you know our gut is the most powerful thing and so they're little sneaky little professors and that's a way my way to inspire people to have more respect for animals to regard them as family to treat them like royalty and also for us to realize hey why does she call them that well because they're super effing smart in their little mischievous ways Mm -hmm. so that's that. Totally. I feel like they do like give you like reality checks all the time. Like you'll get caught up in like whatever life drama is going on. And then, and then you'll have an animal that's like, no, it's playtime or like, (laughs) (laughs) or like curled up on you and you're like, oh, everything's okay. Like reality check. Yeah. I know. I really needed that break, you know? And I know lots, lots of people have stories where when they're sad, their dog comes up and comforts them. I'm sorry, my dogs have never done that. (laughs) (laughs) They're more like, they're going to abandon me, so I have to like get over it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird how that works too. I know, like if you're being like extra, like real drama, they're like, yeah, yeah, like go go in the other room. (laughs) I say, I don't think my dogs have ever like comforted me. Like I've I've done the whole like where you, you fake cry or like, you pretend to be sad and my dog just like thinks that like that means it's time to play. Like he's like, no, get over it. Get over it. Get over it. It's playtime. It's me. He'll wiggle. He'll get in my face. I don't know. That really sets him off. Maybe that's a way of trying to comfort you. It could be. <laughs> or it's like, hey, you don't need to pay attention to you or do you stuff. It's me. Me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe can you get into a little bit about what you're doing in Mexico? Because I wouldn't even imagine where you start. I mean, it just feels like I I know like a few of us have gone to Mexico a few times and just like walking the streets. I mean, you come across dogs like left and right. Yeah. Well, Facebook was the avenue. So I started seeing on, on Facebook and it was just like I started dabbling a little bit and the criteria was it had to be an emergency like time was critical and they needed funding. If I saw an animal that needed help like the day before and they started to get funding, then I was like, okay. But so I started with helping a few dogs. And this is something that kind of pretty much goes around the world because there's somebody named Nancy Goodwin who's in Belgium and she networks the dogs. 
And so I started seeing her. I started to connect with some of the other people who were involved, who lived there. They're on the ground floor. Then there was a dog that looked like my dog who had passed. And I wanted to help that dog. The dog did not survive. And I was like, what is the deal? What is going on? Well, it needs Brevecto because they're dying of these tick diseases. And I was, what ecto? Like, what's, what's that word? <laughs> I had not heard of this Brevecto. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so what if I got that and came and hit the streets? Yeah, that's what needs to happen. So I never called a pharmacy, manufacturing pharmacy. So I called Merck, makes Brevecto. And I was really proud of myself because I'd never done this and I had to do my spiel. And so we're able to get Brevecto at a discount. And I had connected with some other girls who were on the ground floor. What if I come? You guys want to do this? Yes. So I didn't realize that I just connected with the most amazing team, most amazing group of people that I'd ever met. I mean, passion is like nothing. They have the water turned off because they're, they're giving everything to the animals. They don't have like three dogs, like it's the law here. They've got like 20, 30 dogs, which is a lot, you know? And the thing is, they're not hoarders. They care. They take care of the animals. They will just do anything, like get up at three o'clock in the morning, go get a dog. So I might be organizing all this, but the team, which is like three to four people, is they just blow me out of the water. So... Yeah, so I went down for the first time in July two years ago as a treat to myself because it was my birthday. I wanted to do something wonderful. And oh my God, it was such a high because we saw these dogs and learning curve for me because I was like, well, this one's highly adoptable. It's got blue eyes. It's going to have white fur. It's totally mangy. And they were saying, Elaine, come on. This dog just needs to grow fur. Perfecto is going to kill the mange mites, the ticks, uh, the fleas this dog's going to be furry. So I was like, okay, okay. And so, you know, they had to deal with me. And finally I was like, okay, now I, I learned. It's literally like going into a war zone. You're going to help somebody who's got their leg hanging off as opposed to somebody who can still walk with a stubbed toe. So we'd got 13 dogs. We got this dog out of canal. It was just, it was so amazing because I'd heard about they throw, they throw things they don't want into, like called the sewer. We might call it like a deep ravine canal kind of a thing. It's super, super deep cement. There's no way to get in, no way to get out. So there's a dog we saw. Mm. Lo and behold, we found a ladder because there was some residential area behind us. Put the ladder down. Two of the girls went down in and I'm throwing roast beef down to the dog. And the dog got scared and went from one to the other and then just kind of gave up. And she was able to pick up the dog, go to the other person who went backwards up a ladder to get the dog, probably about like 40 pounds, 30 to 40, up and over. And these little kids are watching. And I thought, oh, God, I hope they're inspired by what we are doing. And so I was just jumping for joy. And then one of the girl goes, okay, now we can let the dog go. And I was like, what? That's when I learned their sense of humor. It's like, no, no, we're just kidding. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that kind of, I mentioned that because that kind of stuff with this work is so important. I'm up here just looking on Facebook and I'm like losing my mind for a, a dog that needs help, but I have to rely on them. And 
they'll, go, they'll say, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go get the dog. And then they'll put a GIF, I, I call it, meme or whatever, of like this guy running with a suitcase or a little kid in a toy car zooming around. And he's just like, oh, thank you for making me laugh. You know, because it's just, you really need that because we see some really, really horrendous stuff. So that time we went down and um, we got 13 dogs. They said, I cannot come down again. And then they said, just joking, you know, when are you coming down? Because <laughs> they've been doing this for a long time on their own, spending their mm-hmm. own money. So now I, I'm able to bring the funds, but they have to find the space and they are hands-on with taking care of the animals. So we've been doing it generally every three months since then, but that's generally speaking because it depends upon space. And then COVID became a bit of an issue. And so I'm going on Christmas, which I'm super excited about. So I can't think of anything better to do for Christmas to help animals get off the trees. That's incredible. I love that you said that when you were doing it to like the kids or like the the local youngins were like watching you because it it really does. I feel like that really does make such a difference, especially for like the upcoming generations to see that kind of kindness and see that kind of compassion versus like other behaviors. They learn that that's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you see an animal that needs help. Yeah. And we were had Operation Blankets of Love. They have these coloring books made that are in Spanish and English that we would give out to the kids. And see, I don't speak Spanish, so I can't do much. And of course, they don't speak English. So all I personally can do is sit there and pet the dog and love on the dog. And We learn a lot through visual cues. Yeah. So I hope all I can do is hope. But I've heard that we also do spay-neuter clinics. When we can't, pre-COVID, we could. Now we can't. But I heard before that the people's names for the dogs were dog or cat. And now it's, they actually have names. So that's a step in the right direction. And for as many people who are abusive, there are so many more who are just walking the talk of, of helping. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's good. And we go to the most poverty-stricken areas, which is, you know, it's depressing. And then there's that other side of me. It's like, wow, look at they're surviving. They seem to be happy. And their home is made of tires and the sheets mm-hmm. and pretty colors so they can barely take care of themselves so let alone their dogs because that's a big question i get you know why aren't these dogs taken care of and right some of his attitude but if you can barely feed yourself right yeah exactly yeah yeah and so we'll go down and we pass out the medicine and the food and people will start to come out and can you help our dog? Or what about this dog? And can we give you coffee? And it was just like, oh, that's so nice. I love that. Yeah. One of the things we did one time was gave vaccines. Mm-hmm. And I think most people I know would not just give my dog to somebody who's driving up and says, hey, can I give your dog the shot? But these people do. Granted, we do it by when we did at that time here's the vaccine, here's what's on it, and this is what it, it will do for your dog. We learned that somebody else had come by and charged them like 10 pesos or something and inoculated them with basically water. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, but they're so completely trusting. You know, can we take your dog and help your dog? Yes, yes, please. And I'd be going, okay, can mm-hmm. give me a sample of your blood? And, you know, but they're just like, and there are plenty of times where 
And this is really nice too. Uh, there have been people who said, please take my dog if you can give her a better home. She deserves a better home. Oh, that gives me chills. Oh. Yeah, and we do. It does, you know, then they get that better home. And that's, that's the stuff that keeps me going. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know you mentioned it kind of earlier too about like how like COVID has kind of stunted a few areas. So how, how has it been? Like have, cause I hear a bunch of things. I hear, you know, fostering adoptions are up, donations are down or donations are up or so how's it been for you guys in particular? Yeah. In the beginning it was fabulous because we never had so many rescues contacting us because again, what we do is we pay for medical. We do not operate as a traditional rescue. We mm-hmm. The dog, take care of the dog, and then they get to a rescue and they find the home. So we were like, oh my God, rescues, we don't have enough dogs ready for you. So that was a really great problem. Donations, I don't think it really has affected us because some of our supporters are in the medical career and they are working their rears off. Yes. So, and there are a lot of people don't have money. To, they're making money, but they're not spending it because they can't go out and do things. So there's that. So I haven't really seen an effect on that. In terms of, yeah, getting supplies down there, COVID's kind of affected that. Yeah, just kind of be wearing of people. But it hasn't been as dramatic a thing as what I thought it would be. And the good thing for us, I feel safe because we're dealing with animals. And we're, we're not around a lot of people. And we all wear masks and we take precautions. And, you know, so I feel safe with the team. Otherwise, I'd be a nervous wreck. And the hotel I stay at is it's really perfectly sanitized. There's a sticker on the door and shows that nobody's come in since they sanitized it. So, Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've heard from a few different organizations too. It's like, yes, a lot of the world has shut down as far as like human beings, but as far as like stray populations and things, those dogs are still out there. And so I know like a few rescuers we've talked to that are working in like India and Thailand, they're like, no, nothing has stopped because we're in charge of feeding these animals. And if we don't do it, they don't get fed. So we're still out there. Yeah. I think also what's happened is more animals might be appearing. And I feel like we're seeing worst case scenarios because there have been a lot of people, of course, who have passed and that leaves their animals. And, oh, and yes. And then also the stores closing down and so the poverty has gotten more extreme. So the, do- the dogs on the streets have gotten more extreme too. And I maybe I'm just hypothesizing here. People are getting more frustrated. So they're lashing out more. So there's more abuse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could see that. Yeah. I'm sure it all plays into effect. Yeah. I know. I've never been eating so many chips and drinking so much wine as this whole thing. So, you know. I know. It's, Yeah. When everything opens up again, we're all going to be in gyms or something. (laughs) No, I mean, it's amazing, though, that you're able to still do everything you're doing. And I mean, going down in a couple of days here because it's about to be Christmas. That's incredible. Yeah, I know. I'm just amazed, too. I'm just every night. I'm just so thankful what we're doing, that people are helping. They're generous and that please watch out for the ones who we haven't gotten to help yet. and. Because I'm, I kind of go off on these little tangents. Somebody asked me, she said, how much is, what is your success rate? And I said, it's hundred percent. Because even though there are dogs that we get who do not survive, we have gotten them 
off the street and or out of harm's way and they've been able to get love and know that somebody's trying to help them medically. So whenever you give love, I mean, that's like the number one thing I want for these animals and to know that they are important enough that we are focusing on them, that they are visible, you know, that we see them. So to me, that is success. And it's sad when they have to go through what they go through to pass. I love that. I think that's such a good mindset to have because yeah. the rescuers I've talked to, when when an animal passes, it's ultimately, it's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be, I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how personal a lot of rescuers take it because they're the ones that are in charge of that dog, taking care of that dog. So it's it's always really heartbreaking for them. So I, I love that you you see it as a success because no matter what, that animal got love in its last days. It it got kindness. It you know was given things that it never had before. And that that is a success in itself, just knowing that that animal passed being loved. Yeah. And I think it's normal for us to mourn their past, but the past is the past. Exactly. Gotta stay positive and go forward because all that negativity is just gonna deplete us and weigh us down. And I personally have to have hope as something to look forward to. So, can I tell you about this one story? Please. Yeah. I've got many, but there was this dog. His name was Socrates, and he was from Mexicali, and he was Border Collie. So, Border Collies like to run and herd, right? Well, he was on a chain for nine years. Couldn't do any of that. Mexicali can be 120 degrees. And, and he's a black dog. And so I saw this picture of him and he's mangy and crusty and emaciated. And the body posture was just, it was like, oh my God, we have to help, help, we have to help. So we got him, got him to Tijuana eventually. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just a picture. It can be anything. You just connect. And I was all over this boy. So I saw him down in Tijuana a couple times and eventually he was starting to limp and it was an old fracture. He's got hip dysplasia and then it turned into bone cancer. So, and because of COVID in Tijuana, the getting medical help was a lot more difficult because the hours were less and they couldn't have as many people and that's where it has affected us. So I, I just could not wait. I had a little bee in my bonnet. And so got him up here and my dog doodles, who is highly territorial, loves dogs outside the home. Get him inside. No, game on. I'm going to kill you. And, but for some reason, they, they got along for the most part. I mean, I, I kept Socrates separate in the beginning and saw, watched him and all that. And he, my goal for him was to heal his heart and to heal his soul. And that's my goal for all the animals. This was um, something personal for me. And so when his tail started to wag, I was like, yay. And then when I would come home and it would wag all the time, then it was just like, oh my God, it's working. I'm starting to heal his heart and his soul. And then he taught me little things that we all take for granted when we have a pet. It's like, oh yeah, they know where their home is. Oh yeah, they know when it's time to go to bed. But when he started doing that, when he would walk into my bedroom and go to bed, it was just like, oh, he gets it. And those are those little things that we bond with and we just kind of take for granted. And But when it's a 
I don't know for him being a new dog and he was has just been through so much and everybody was telling me how extraordinarily painful bone cancer is. I don't know. It was just amazing. And then when it's, like I said, it was Telwack and then when he gave me a kiss and, you know, and he was just funny. And so my dog and he, they only got into four fights. So <laughs> seven weeks, but that was really good because I was like, well, there is a reason for that. You know, Doodle's got too close to his food and, but the the last time it was a nasty fight and I got the worst of it, but it was okay. I survived. And then the, the next day it was time for Socrates to go to heaven. And I had already made the appointment. So it was, but it was interesting for him because I could see we got him. We got like great medical care, medical care. He had so much going on besides the bone cancer and large prostate and a mass on his arm, an infection in his eyes. His eyes were really recessed. He had no fat in his skull. His mouth didn't close all the way. His teeth were worn down. All the linings to his organs were all super thick. So, uh, and there was a bunch of other stuff I can't even remember. Oh, oh yeah. And the cancer had spread to his lungs. That's why he couldn't have surgery. And his leg had the bone cancer and it was just dissolving. And I remember one time I moved his leg and cracked. But I got him this big, he was gifted this giant carriage so we could go on strolls and he would be in the carriage. And it was so wonderful. My little dachshund running along next to him. And you deserve this, you know, you, I want you to have this. And he got really so much better. And then it went like this. And I remember telling my vet, he's, he's never going to die. I mean, he was running, he was wanting to play with my dog. And then it started to go like that, that his tail started to bleed again. The infection came back in his eyes. His urine started to smell. His breath started to smell. And I just, oh my God, now we're only living on pain meds. But uh, again, you know, what dogs have taught me is to trust your gut. And I just felt inside that his heart was healed and his soul was healed. And I felt like all the edges from his previous life were like they'd all fallen away. and. He was just the happiest, happiest boy. So we went and got an In-N-Out burger on his last day and French fries. And it was the best. And this is weird that I'm even talking about this, but euthanasia, I think, is bittersweet because when it's done, it is a gift. I've had cramps so bad, I just wanted to like slit my throat. It's like, I don't want to live like this, you know? <laughs> so for this, who, who wants, that's the quality of life for anybody. So he had his burger and his fries and I was on the ground and he was on the ground. And he was laying up next to me because as a border collie, I always had to be right next to somebody. So he's laying up next to me. His head was on my lap. And then he, he passed. And I tell you, this was the first, first euthanasia. I did not cry. And I thought, what is wrong with me? But I know what it was. I was so happy for him to be out of pain because the pain was terrible. You couldn't have him on enough pain medication. And so I was so happy for him. I mean, I've cried afterwards and yeah. you know, all of that, but I don't know. It's just like, if I wanted, I want them all to be free from pain and suffering and have their hearts and their souls healed. So yeah. Absolutely. Aww. Well, it sounds like you gave him so much love too. He and good food. Yeah. He, he, yeah right. And good food. <laughs> Right when you said in and out, I was like, oh, that's my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he loved toilet paper. And I felt so bad about the toilet paper because I thought, oh, I should have given him some toilet paper. And some <laughs> I think he would have preferred the in and out over the toilet paper. I thought, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And I feel like for so many of us, I mean, it can feel like when you lose a pet too, or you lose an animal that you're caring for, there is that like risk of like, if it hurts too bad, it can deter you moving forward. And, and I think you have to make that choice. Like this can either do that to me or it can inspire me. Like let's save two more <laughs> in their honor, you know? Yeah. So I call on all of, all of our little saints and spirits up there to help us with our new dogs. We got, we just got a puppy yesterday who um, was attacked by another dog and the swelling is so large. They were worried that the breathing, right. And, but the little puppy can wag its tail. It's just 10 months, 10 weeks old, like seven pounds, I think seven or nine pounds. Mm-hmm. Wag its tail. And, but you know, you can see in the eyes, it's just terrible. And there's, so there's three breaks in the neck. Don't know what's going to happen. This, Skin, the gums, I call it Tijuana pink. It's like the palest pink ever. But I was like, Socrates. He's like, okay, I'm on it. I'm coming down to help. (laughs) Do what I can to help. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Oh my God. I get such a high. The ones we can get off the streets. It's like, oh my God. I mean, how, it's one thing when you go to places and you see suffering and you have no way of helping. It's terrible. It's depressing. Mm-hmm. So when we hit the streets, I am so excited because we do have the means to help because you guys have totally saved us. Cuddly. Oh my God. What you guys do for us, the, just the people, the, the donations in funds and supplies, it's been enormous. You guys have been such a total game changer for us. So I am so, so grateful. Well, I mean, I'm obviously big fans of you, but I mean, going back to what, like what you had said way in the beginning though, it's like these little things that make such a big difference. Like this Brevecto, like can stop so much pain and can solve so many problems. And it's like, it's so amazing that these little things that anyone can give can make such a huge difference, can relieve this animal's pain, can make them they make their fur grow back and suddenly they're like the most beautiful dog you've ever seen and fully adoptable. Yeah. I know the, the last time we were there, this dog just melted into the ground. I didn't even see it. Just somebody did. So we stopped. We had two cars and it was just, it literally looked like apple crumble. That was his nickname. Crumble. <laughs> and there's a little kid at the house there. And uh, he said, he's got the plague. I was like, the plague. I thought, oh, you don't want me to touch him. And I've heard about people like shunning the animals who have distemper yes. and bad mange. And this is the first time I like had experienced it in person to, to any kind of degree. So I thought, oh, he's going to freak out when we go over and pick this dog up. But here we go. So we picked him up and carried him. And I said to the guy, I said, we're going to take care of him. He's going to be okay. And, and again, I thought, I hope he thinks about that and go, hmm, mm-hmm. what's that like? That dog's doing really well now. There was a dog. Oh, I got to tell you this story. Do we have time? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was this dog, Hilda, who is like an amazing dog warrior. She's. Oh, I love Hilda. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know Hilda. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so thrilled. So she's the one usually out on the streets. And 
So she was looking for this one dog, but she found this other dog. And this other dog, it was emaciated, a wreck, like hardly any fur. Looked like, oh, maybe it be, could be like a German Shepherd type, but it was like total wreck. And it's like, oh my God, we have to help this dog. One blue eye, one brown eye. And I became obsessed with this dog too. So next time I was down there, I went to see the dog. It was with a foster with all these puppies there. And this dog was just kind of like puppies. All these puppies are around me. (laughs) And with the blue eye, it was so haunting to me. So I kind of gingerly went up and petted him and whatever. And he had like this fractured back. They had other stuff going on, but the the old the fracture was so old that it started to meld on its own, so there wasn't any need for surgery, so he could get around. It's like, okay, I never knew that could happen. Turned into the most gorgeous, gorgeous dog. His name was Bonsai, and now his name is Mr. Rogers. And he lives up near Sacramento, and he has inspired greeting cards. His parents they got him like this designer jacket from England last year for Christmas. They have him and other dogs have all special needs and all these outfits. I mean, it's just like the dream I could have for every dog. He just had a recent birthday anniversary or gotcha day, whatever. And they had all these cakes and this big banner and these hats and singing to him. And it was like, I don't need to do that for my own dog. You know, I'm such a bad mom. (laughs) You know, but he's inspiring others, and that's her goal. Mr. But- Mr. Rogers' goal for his parents was to inspire kindness. So he has an Instagram page. Lots of our dogs have Instagram pages, and I-, I-, I don't know. It's just, it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. My blood gets all carbonated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It gets, I mean... For me too, I feel like every animal we get involved with, like all I want is like updates and pictures and like to refresh my phone and see like, it's like funny too, because I have friends who are all about their dogs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't even care about your dogs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like these rescues I'm involved in though. I'm like, oh, look, a new one. Well, and then I have so many friends who are like, I I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I don't want to hear the views. I'm like, okay, who else can I talk to? (laughs) So. Like I said, this is my favorite subject. Yeah. I love that she was looking for designer jackets because I've done that. <laughs> ah, see? It's the funnest thing. They're so cute. They're so expensive though. <laughs> well, there's so much stuff out there, you know? There's so much stuff out there for your dog. Yeah. So the whole world is changing because when my first dog passed, it changed my life. There were not pet boutiques. You know, there was just like pet stores, rescues. <laughs> but now it's... It's the new cool, the new trend. Well, it hasn't been for a while, you know, so it's pretty fabulous. I know. We're all trapped in quarantine, just obsessed about our animals, like (laughs) a little more every day. Right. Well, so I know you said you, you had been a designer. Is that something that you're still doing or is this like your main focus? I mean, it's probably your main focus either way, but. It is my main focus now. I've pretty much shut down my business, which was uh, gifts and clothing. But when I was doing that, animals were completely into it. Like I did these crazy bubble ones. They were amazing. Uh, Like anything with a hole would blow a bubble. This is not about dogs. I'm tangent here. But I would put a dog on the bubble one. Like the heart, a heart would be where the bubble would come out of and there would be a a little dog there and then a little saying. 
And every purchase that I sent to the store, there would be something about an animal you were helping because at the time I was in the shelter. So I get my creative juices fed by doing the videos, designing t-shirts, you know, just trying to think of fun stuff. So, Oh yeah. I mean, it's always so interesting though. I feel like people from all walks of life get like sucked into animal welfare and it's like, it's those skills come in handy no matter what they are. Yeah. Especially for the animal world, you have to be sort of a therapist. You have to be good at marketing, advertising, and it's a business whether you like it or not, because we have to have funds to stay alive and you have to advertise to get the word out and you have to market in such a way that gets attention. It all comes together and dealing with people. I know so many people in the animal world don't like people, but you kind of need people to help the animals. So, and the good good people with the animals are incredible. So do you have like a select group of rescues that you work with now? We have some that we've been working with a lot. We're always open to new ones. The Animal Pad, I know you know. (laughs) We work a lot with them. We love them. Um, Hand and Paw. Ducks and Paws and Pals. And then we deal with some, Rory to the Rescue is another new one for us. We, uh, there's some other ones I'm blanking on. There's an amazing person, her name is Sally Mars, and she has created this group called Mutt Mutt Engine. And she went from like last year having like maybe 40 followers. Now she's got, I don't know, 400,000 followers or something. She's just crazy. She makes lemons into lemonade. And so she finds rescues for a lot of our dogs and they're up in Oregon, up in Portland. There's two rescues up there. (laughs) Family dog rescue. There's another name in there. Family dog animal rescue, Portland, um, Oregon, Portland dog, Portland rescue. Oh, I'm screwing this up. (laughs) But she really saves a lot, a lot of us. One of the first transports we did with her, there were a bunch of dogs and they were supposed to go to Colorado. Some reason, the rescue backed out. So now they're across the border and it's like, okay, they're going to come back to Tijuana. It's like, no, they're not because that space has already been taken. You can't just do that. Right. Sally said, okay, you know, give me a couple minutes. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. Just need a place for them to go while things can work out. I'm madly calling around LA and is there some place that can board the dogs? And I can find anybody. Next thing, Sally is going, okay, I found a rescue in Oregon. They're going to take them. Sight unseen, except maybe for some pictures. So up they went. And I was like, oh man, this woman is amazing. Because other people were like, this is horrible. Blah, blah, blah. And Sally was, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. For some reason, this is the way. And we just don't know the reason why just yet. One of the dogs when uh, we met him on the streets, there was something about him. He was super, super special. He had mange. He had some issues. And I was just like, I know we could find this dog at home. This dog's really special. We can't leave him. So we got him. He got up to the rescue and turns out a little bump. We thought was like a bug bite was cancer. So they were going to euthanize him. And Sally, thankfully, contacted, contacted me. And I'm all about thinking outside the box. So I contacted an animal communicator and, you know, found out about alternative things. And 
Then she reached out and she found somebody coming up from Mexico who has a place in Canada. So took this dog named Taco. Absolutely fell in love with Taco. Taco pretty much saved her girlfriend's life in the sense of her girlfriend had um, experienced a horrible tragedy with her own dog. And Taco just loved her and healed her heart because he's a professor of love. (laughs) And uh, then it became Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday, there was a Facebook post. And now it's an Instagram post of him doing something crazy. And it's not like Taco in a bunny rabbit costume. It's Taco dressed up as a gangster in all the chains and the backwards hat and talking lingo. And then Taco baking cookies and he's got powder all over and he's got a, an apron. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> and Taco's gone, what's to say here? You know I can't do all this. You know I don't have any thumbs. So it's always hashtag no thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> So that's another one of my favorite stories and just how things end up being so many times the way they're supposed to be, you know, when you don't know why. Totally. I mean, that's like such a great illustration too of what I feel like during this time too, I feel like there's been so many like companies and groups and they just can't, they're not flexible and they're not agile. And it just has been such a terrible time for them. And then there's rescuers who are like, this is just another day for us. Let's adapt and let's evolve. <laughs> I know. I always say surprise is the middle name of rescue. It's just like you have to have not just plan A, plus A, B, C, and just got to go with it. Definitely. I know. Because the reward is a life. And yeah, it's stressful and you cry and you do all of that. And then it's just like, it's all worth it. Absolutely. So is Doodles your dachshund? Yes. Because as soon as you said you have a dachshund um, and you're like, oh, and he, he's territorial. He doesn't like another people come in the house. I feel like that's such a thing for so many dachshunds I've heard. Don't say that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I mean, I'm a big, I love dachshunds so much, but I feel like they're like, you're my person. I own you now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know they do have that reputation. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. I- yeah, that's funny. He, um, I did have another one. He, uh, Fred was a dachshund Jack Russell, I think. So he was the exact opposite. He would bark at dogs outside, but he was Mr. Congeniality. When he came in, he would like sit next to them. He's like, oh. <laughs> Doodles who was like, oh, I love you outside. Let's play. You're coming in? No, now I'm going to bite you. But oh then it God. was a, a hazing thing. It was, because I counted, he would bite the dogs five times. And then it's like, okay, now I love you. And I thought, oh, you're so (laughs) wacky. But I like complicated dogs. I mean, and every dog has their little complicated bit. I mean, we've talked Mm. to so many rescuers too, who are there. They're like, you know what? Dogs fight. It's going to happen sometimes. Like any dog, the the most well-behaved dog is going to have their moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't want to have a dog that's going to be shedding a lot. I'm not talking about hypoallergenic, you know, people with allergies and stuff, but, you know, I don't want to clean up the fur. And I'm like, don't you know what you get in return? (laughs) All this love. It's like such a deal. (laughs) Come on. Totally. Just get a Roomba too. It's it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we have some kind of fun questions for you. Whether it be about doodles or do you, do you take in a lot of fosters yourself personally? I mean, it sounds like probably not because doodles won't allow it. 
Yeah, I've learned that I, I can't. I mean, like with when, uh, Socrates, I was like, oh, I think I can do this. And then when I ended up in urgent care because of the dog bite on myself, I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> no. In a way, it's kind of good because it's hard to foster. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Well, so these can be about doodles then. So, <laughs> so if, I, I love his name, by the way. I can't help, but like, I just want to keep saying it. If Doodles was president, what would be the first thing he did? Oh, you are bad. That's crazy. What would the first thing he would do? Put a barrier around the White House so no other dogs could come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then take everybody for a walk? I don't know. That's so lame. Oh my gosh. I need a walk. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, midway through the day, I'm just like, oh, you haven't gone for a walk today. That's what you need. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Well, so I feel like you you just said this, but what is the naughtiest thing that Doodles has done? Well, I can't say biting me was the naughtiest because that was a total accident. And I know he's really bad about it. He hasn't done anything naughty. I mean, oh, oh, well, aside from attacking other dogs. Yeah, that would be it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're just like such a classic dog mom. He's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He just makes me laugh all the time. He buries stuffed toys out in the yard. I don't, I guess <laughs> other dogs would do that. But then he brings them in and he runs back and forth with them. Like he speed walks. I have to run to keep up with him. Anyway, but of course he's a rescue too. He's from Lancaster Shelter. That's so sweet. Well, so, and then if you had to pick one life motto, what would it be? I have that all the time. If somebody has to do it, it might as well be me. We all have souls. We just come in different packages. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot myself when I remember this after we're done. Well, what goes around comes around. Compassion matters. Mm-hmm. I love that one. So true. I mean... It makes such a big difference to you. Like I said, it's like this little seed that you can you can change anyone's life or make such a big difference just by doing one little good deed. You never know. Can I do we have time for one other story? Absolutely, yeah. This is was when I was in I was volunteering at Baldwin Park Shelter and I walked down the, the building and I heard this clank, 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 and I look. I thought it was a black German shepherd. The um, dog bowl doing it back in the old time prison, you know, <laughs> along the bars. And I was like, oh my God, I have to network you now. He dropped the ball and they picked it up and he brought it closer to me. And he was absolutely obsessed, obsessed with toys. So, and he was so friendly. I networked him as the giant knucklehead sprinkled, as Mr. Goofball sprinkled with knucklehead dust, something like that. <laughs> and he was beautiful and like he would put the, the toy in his mouth. He will not put it down. He would just come up to me and he'd rub it on my mouth. So I started networking him and people started to notice. Flash forward, he became a search and rescue. He was trained for search Aww. and rescue. And I was see he went to Georgia and they had the police and sheriffs training him with those big things on their arms. And he was lunging. And I was like, no, that's my little boy. My little, little boy. And he was just like, ah, teeth. And, and then I saw him standing so proud with his vest on and the sheriff tag, a thing around his neck. He became, he turns out he was a Belgian Malinois, which. Oh, yep. Yeah. Didn't know. They're totally nuts, Phil. And 
So that he was my first experience with them. And yeah, he became the first canine sheriff in a women's, women's prison. He sniffed out drugs on a woman. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, and he made the paper. And I was just like, I couldn't be more proud. So it was just. No, proud mom. Yeah. Isn't that such a good story? That's the best. Oh my gosh. Your little hero that you made. <laughs> I know. Uh, somebody noticed just because, you know, all these dogs can find homes. You just can't give up. You just have to advocate and PR and be creative and just do it over and over. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I feel like everything you're saying too is like so inspirational. And I mean, it's so, it's so wonderful to see like how so many people are coming together to do so much at this point. Um, and even like people that you're like this, uh, the Sally Mars is like, just give me a minute. I'll figure it out. Oh yeah. She's totally, I mean, she's from a different planet. Yeah. She is a saint. I think she loves the challenge. I mean, she, she can find dogs a way to get over here from Afghanistan, from North Korea, Russia. I was like, man, girl, you really love a challenge. It's just like crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Elaine, thanks so much for chatting with us. I mean, we're really excited to see all the amazing professors that you're going to. I feel like you <laughs> give out little diplomas to all of them or something. No, I know. I should. That would be such a great thing. At a fundraiser, we did a thing where we put um, caps, I mean, gown, uh, yeah, their hats Aww. on them. Yeah, just for little photos. But, uh, so sweet. And we need to get a ranch or something. I said it needs to be called a university. Oh, yeah. And their adoption certificates look like diplomas. Yeah. That'd be so cute. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. I love it. I'm all jazzed up now. Drink something to calm down. Thank you. You guys are great. And you, like again, you guys are a game changer for us. So I can't thank you enough. It was so amazing speaking to Elaine today. I feel like she has so much wisdom with all of her experience stepping in to help these animals. More than just wisdom though, just so much passion. I mean, facilitating all these amazing medical transports from Mexico, getting dogs all the way up to, I mean, Oregon and sometimes Canada. It's been incredible to hear all of her stories. If you wanna learn a little bit more about the Atchu Foundation, you can check our show notes or our blog. And remember to rate, like, and subscribe this podcast. It is the end of the year, so we would love to hear how you liked all of our episodes this past 2020. And also be sure to follow Cuddly on all social media accounts at We Love Cuddly. That's C-U-D-D-L-Y. Thank you and Happy New Year's, guys.